Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of the Transit City podcast called Tea Break. And today I have the two special guests, uh, Bobby Picard, CEO of Transit City, also known as Chief Witch and Destroyer of Worlds, and Emily Hamilton, um, Executive Director of Transit City. So welcome both. Hello. So... What do you think about this podcast idea we've had then? I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'd be great. I think it's um you know, I think we've been looking for a long, long time to get a um uh get a medium, get a, a, a method by by which we can really sort of delve into some issues and get some of the um sort of more official trans in the city um messages and um initiatives out there. So I think it'd be really great. What do you think, Kems? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the more we can we can share our voices, the more we can be visible. You know, the more change we can make. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, we're not going to uh, we're not going to affect change if if we're not out there and being seen and heard. So yeah, great, really exciting. Yeah, I think there's a lot a lot of opportunities we can we can do with a podcast. You know, you can have all kinds of chats with all kinds of people about different topics. And one of the, one of the things I was really looking forward to doing was, you know, interviewing all the directors and and just kind of, you know, like role, rank, name, number, you know, why do you do it? What is it that you do for Trans in the City? So can we just start with you, Emily? Can we? Can you give us your name, rank and number and tell us what you do? Oh, name, rank and number, that's been a while. Number two. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I'm Emily Hamilton. I'm an executive director of Trans in the City. I've been part of this for about three years now. Um, and what do I do? I that, that's a great question. I, I do a little bit of everything, and peu partout, as uh, the French might say. Mm. Um, and and largely that means engagement with our members, with corporates that are looking for uh, information about how to best support trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people at work. Um, it involves mentoring people going through transition. Um, yeah, and, and and sort of pitching in. I mean, I, I'm I'm a I'm a sleeves rolled up type girl, so it's about pitching in wherever I can, you know. And that could be anything. I mean, tonight, literally as soon as this is finished, I've got to finalise some work we're doing around our forthcoming um, education video series. Um, you know, it could be anything. I mean, whatever Bobby tells me to do, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. simple as that. Yeah, I mean that sounds I about right. Underselling yourself a bit there, M's really. I think, yeah, <laughs> M's is really the um, um, M's actually. You know what? And Emily is. There's a few people in in trans in the city that really are like my foundation. You know, like and you know, I guess by default the foundation of trans in the city. You know, and it's and like M's really is the um a lot of the brains of trans in the city but also a lot of the a lot of the soul and like the yeah soul's probably like the wrong word but you know if if i really need to turn to somebody and say you know is this the right thing do is this what we should be doing you know emily has that overarching view of so much of the transit and non-binary community in such detail that you know I can just really rely on Ems to to give me that honest view and assessment of the impact 
I guess I I, I kind of um, um, I know this is going to come a shock to Ems, but I, you know sometimes I come up with some wild and wacky ideas um, and want them implemented like right now. Um, so em, Emily is like one of those real, real people that can like look at something and go like, yeah, it might be a good idea, Bobby. Yeah, Fif- like twenty fifty, like not now. <laughs> you know and it's and it's brilliant I, I i can't imagine being able to do trans in the city without her actually so she brings you, you, feel, you, brings you that down to like earth. sorry say ems as i say you make me feel like the delphic oracle i'm, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to go and sit on a mountain top and have a cave it's, and invite it, people to come in i mean i kind of thought that's where you were already is that it feels it feel, feels like it it sometimes yeah I mean, that's where that's where you make me go each time i need to talk to you <laughs> Get the crampons on. You've got to go and talk to Ems. Bad case of the crampons. Yeah, and, and Bobby, you know, as CEO of Trans in the City, I guess your role really is to hold the whole ship together and uh, steer it, it in the right direction. It is. I mean, I've got some amazing people that help me do that. You know, chief among them, I guess, is is Nikki Lambert, our, our business director, who mm-hmm. I think holds the real ship together in terms of of admin and Simon Hodkinson that 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 deals with um all the the running of the the business side of things you know but um but I guess you know my role as with most CEOs I suppose is to to listen to the team look at what's happening out in the outside world but also come up with you know some ideas from both of those um to push things forward and I, you know and I guess I've had sort of 20 years experience of of trying to make things better in the trans and non-binary world um not sure looking back things have particularly got, got better in the last 20 years sometimes I wonder why I bothered I should have just started now from scratch <laughs> um but the um but you know I think you know I do come up with some wild or wacky ideas and and you know even with the even after 20 years I th- you know what I, th- I think I'm probably even more fired up now than I was 20 years ago you know it's one of those things where it's you know I started 20 years ago and I thought I just don't want anybody to have to go through at the time what I'm going through you know these days it's what I've been through but but in those days it was is what I'm going through um and I was I was keen but I guess didn't have many resources to do it but now I'm I'm keen almost to the point of fanaticism that I will not will not I will not leave this earth without leaving it in a better place for trans and non-binary people and frankly I don't care what it takes out of me to do it that well does, you know having like fanaticism doesn't it really <laughs> <laughs> having you know only been involved with transit city for probably the past i know three years um for me you know it's been a transit city stands out as the kind of primary trans organization that's doing all the the heavy lifting out there you know when you look at what you do with um some large, you know, pretty large, very, very large organizations. Um, and you know, kind of, you know, the inclusion work for trans and non-binary people within those organizations, you know, I think you're actually making huge, you know, 
advances. It's it's quite remarkable where it's come from. Just in those three years, I've been involved. I hope so. You know, I mean, it's it's it's. I guess it's it's. I find it really, really difficult to see because I'm not a person that will. Um, I'm not a person that. I'm not a person that can ever see a victory, and I'm I'm not a person that can ever see enough. You know, literally, I'll get, I'll do an event, and it doesn't matter what the event is. The minute I leave the door of the event, I'm looking at the next event and the next thing to do, and the next improvement we can make, and the next bit of difference we can make. So, is that where your drive comes from to to keep doing these things? I think my, I think that's just my personality. Mm type and it's probably my personality type forged from trauma over the years you know it's it's I think it's it comes from a a place of of really low self-esteem and not being somebody that um um I'm just not interested in self-promotion but frankly and that probably stems from low self-esteem and and not thinking I'm good enough for a for any like type of self-promotion but I mean that's that's just what that's just me you know but um I think what drives me is um you know you, um, what really drives me is the friends I've lost and survivors guilt mostly actually to be honest yeah. you know so six, this is, six people so this is why you need the oracle around you see because the way I look at this, and, and you know, you, you said, uh, Vicky, that you know, with with this this organisation, and we definitely are this organisation, but we're part of a constellation of trans organisations who are working in various fields, and and one of the one of the strengths of trans in the city is that it it has a very very clear purpose, which is around business. It's around mm-hmm. the ability for trans people to to earn a living, to go to work, to be treated with dignity and respect in their workplaces, which is something historically so many trans people were denied. And and trans people, transitioning meant losing your job. Transitioning meant having to look for ways of earning your living, which you may not have wanted to do. And from that perspective, if I if, you know, think about my journey and and one of the big blockers to me coming out, and there were lots, you know, for, as as there are for all of us, mm-hmm. one of the big blockers was: would I lose my job? Would I be able to carry on in the profession that is my profession? You know, I'm very proud to be a senior leader in business. I'm very proud to be a project program professional. You know, that's that's something that you know I forged a career in. And what Trans in the City did for me before I got involved with it was it it started to open my eyes that there are companies that are prepared to get involved. There are companies that are prepared to learn. And and the really important thing is all of our members are on a learning journey. So they take that first step. They join us. They they become part of us because they have the willingness and the intent. What they don't necessarily have is the toolkit, the vocabulary, the understanding of what trans people bring to business. You know, we shouldn't have to, but the incredible resilience of trans people in a business setting, it, it's a massive bonus. It's a massive boost for businesses. But they won't know that unless they've got somebody to hold their hand to guide them along. And, you know, I mean, look, I'm I'm even more of an Eeyore than Bobby. I mean, that's just that is my brand, right? You know, I'm 
generally my glass is not only half empty but it's got a crack and a wasp floating in it you know it's <laughs> it's 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 that bad um but i also have the capability of of looking at the people around me so so i will certainly be the same as bobby i won't feel any great satisfaction from the events i've done you know i, I think dispassionately i know they're well received because people tell me i know they do make a difference because i've seen that difference with people in organizations but when I look at my my peers within Trans in the City, I look at the impact they have when they speak, when they interact, you know, when they are running around like a blue ass fly. Um, we can swear sort of mildly, can't we, on this one? Yeah, that's of course, all right. Of course, yeah. Um, but you know, when I see see them running around in that way, really putting in the extra hours, putting in the effort, I know it's making a difference. I can see it's making a difference. It, but it's really hard to see that sometimes, particularly now. You know, and I think to Bobby's point about 20 years of activism, I think what we've seen is the tide came in to an extent and we saw some we saw some gains. We saw the the act in 2004, yeah. the act in 2010. And the tide has been going out since 2016. But but it's a tide, right? It comes and it ebbs and it flows and it will come back to us. The most important thing is that we work to make sure the waters come up even higher next time and they cover more ground and they become harder to reverse. And you know what? I see that every time we do something with Trans in the City. And if you look at last year's gala, 600-odd people in a room, mm -hmm. that is phenomenal. And, and you know, when I go out and I talk and I say we are the world's largest business organisation for trans and non-binary inclusion, that's not hyperbole. And, and you know, the, the risk of this being a bit of a, oh, you're great, you're great, no, you're great, this this came from Bobby, right? This is this this was this started. Bobby planted that seed, and tended that that plant as it grew, and, and you know all she's now got is a, is a group of of you know var varying ability gardeners around her, um, and and her job is to make sure that we don't you know pour the wrong fertilizer at the wrong time, you know, and and that's what we're there to they're there to do. So I mean I've extended loads of metaphors there, and I've just given you my view as somebody who wasn't there at the start. Mm. but somebody who does genuinely see the benefit of what it is we do. Yeah, well, it, you know, it, it, it's this huge collaboration, really, from from where I see, you know, you know you've got all these different individuals and different companies involved. And if I, I'm just going to read out from your website, you know, what the kind of strap line is for Trans in the City. So, you know, Trans in the City is an open collaboration between global organisations, corporates and companies raising awareness to help further the inclusion of transgender, non-binary, and gender diversity in business. And there's also another one there, you know, celebrating role models, business leaders, and leaders in diversity. You know, and it it is one of the only um, kind of really visible organizations that does that collaboration thing. I always go on about collaboration and how we don't work enough together and how organizations like ours needs to work, you know, they all need to work together in, in a better way because there's lots of fractions. I think Transit City is really leading the way in that, and you know, I like to think so, yeah. and, and that's the that's the whole bedrock of Transit City is that collaboration. You know, it's you know, I know loads of people see Transit City as the Bobby Pickard show, but it's it's just really not. No, Transit City belongs to Emily, and it belongs to all of the exec directors and all of the other directors as much as it does. To me, it belongs to every single one of our corporate partners, 
as much as it belongs to me. It belongs to every single one of our allies group, of our student ambassadors group, absolutely everybody, you know. The only way we're going to change trans awareness in this country and around the world is by collaborating. And we're in like, you know, people always draw the um, draw uh, a similarity actually between uh, the position that trans and non-binary people are in today with the situation that gay and lesbian people were in in the 1980s. They always draw that similarity and sort of say, well, you know, we're in we're in the same sort of thing. And, you know, we've got, um, you know, organisations that, that still do brilliant jobs like Switchboard and mm-hmm. Stonewall and, uh, you know, maybe some later ones like Mermaids and stuff. But the big, big difference is in the 1980s, the gay rights movement was a volunteer-led organisation. And those organisations didn't didn't have any overheads. They didn't have the need for any funding streams that they needed to protect. Um, and so there was a lot more free collaboration between those organisations. Like, in, and obviously, there was some of like the typical um, uh, politics and you know grabbing for attention, mm-hmm. um, for want of a better way of phrasing it, that happens when you get. Mm some people um, that are big characters vying for space. But there wasn't the issue of funding funding streams. What we see these days is those organisations from the 80s, and this isn't saying that they're not doing a good job for trans and non-binary people, but each one of those organisations have buildings they need to pay rent on, they have staff they need to pay wages for, they have subscriptions to software, they have all of those overheads. And so they need a guaranteed funding stream. And the way that most of those organisations get funding is from either grants or consultancy or training. So what you see is those organisations don't want to collaborate because collaborating would mean a reduction in those funding streams for those organisations. So we're in a completely different ball game to where gay rights were in the 1980s and that's not even taking into account you know the 1980s the only real method of getting any news out was either by the printed press or three tv channels or going round and handing out um photocopied bits of paper whereas these days organizations with budget can buy the most huge communication streams to push back against LGBTQIA rights. And that's what we've seen. So there are similarities between the messaging that's happened. But in terms of the landscape, the business landscape, in terms of the the media landscape, we're in a completely different ballgame. And the way to counteract that is to get collaboration happening. But to convince people to collaborate, you need them to understand that actually the revenue streams that they're concentrating on, which is typically around like trans 101 training, is not the end of the world. And it's actually not where the real money is when you look at consultancy and training. So, you know, trans in the cities 
collaboration efforts at the moment are to raise across the whole of society the level of knowledge on that trans 101 the real basic information about trans people and if we can do that that takes so much wind out of the sails of all of the negative stories that you're seeing and we can move forward from there but what we need to do you know we've managed to do that in the in the the corporate world corporates have, have received the collaboration message fantastically well um in terms of the not-for-profit world then i think there's still some hesitancy there um that you know that they want to protect their 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 revenue yeah. you know but it's um you know i think some of the things we're doing now with with trans in the city by just actively giving back straight back no strings attached back to the not-for-profit world i think will be game-changing absolutely game-changing for, for lgbtqia charities not-for-profits across the board you know i hope so anyway yeah and i remember the last podcast we did recently um you were, we were talking about collaboration works in both directions mm -hmm. and you know if you can open a door make sure you hold it open for somebody else coming up absolutely absolutely so, uh, yeah so you know these you know big organizations i, I think trans in the cities is a big one um you know collaborating with little organizations that need a bit of help because i think i think they do look up to these larger organizations as a kind of can I get some help to do this little project or something like that? And, well, I, you know, if you work in both directions and help each other, I think it really yes. works. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd still stand by um, my view that, that and actually I don't much care that this is the case. I still stand by my view, actually, that, that at the moment, Trans in the City is an organisation that almost exclusively gives mm. um, and doesn't doesn't receive a hell of a lot back. But that's fine. If that's what it needs to be, then that's what it needs to be. You know, I'm more than happy to to collaborate in that way if if that improves the position for trans and non-binary people. I think people assume we're a lot bigger organisation than we actually are. Um, you know, we are the world's largest trans and non-binary awareness organisation um, by weight of of members and by weight of corporates and and by just sheer work that we do and sheer events that we do and, and all of the rest of the stuff but you know we're 16 people and our revenue is fraction a tiny tiny part um of actually even a small charity's um revenue you know the the yeah. we run a very lean organization actually um, and you know, in lots of ways, we're very privileged to be in a position that we that we can do that. Um, but you know, it's it's one thing that that always raises my eyebrows. Actually, is is when I see some charity that's just working in a working in a town, you know, looking after twenty five, thirty, or fifty service users, having a budget that's that's twice as big twice as big as trans in the city doing work globally yeah so you know coming up in a couple of weeks we've got the big um annual event let's just go through some of the things that's going to be um going on there so 
as as every year so far, um, there's the big uh, gala event and the awards ceremony in the evening. So that day starts with workshops and talks, and then finishes with the gala and the and the awards ceremony. Um, are we doing it a bit differently this year, or is it kind of same format as previously? No, we are doing it differently. Um, so, you know, as Emily said last year, we it was our fifth anniversary, um, and we really felt that we should mark it um, with something really special. So, uh, we hired a huge venue, the the East Winter Garden in in Canary Wharf, um, and we had six hundred people turn up to what was a phenomenal, phenomenal evening. Um, this year it's our, our sixth anniversary. There's, you know, we're very aware there's a cost of living crisis going on. There's crisis for trans and non-binary existence. Yeah. For healthcare, mental well-being, lots of different things um, in the country. And one of the the main drivers of trans in the city, um, I mean, I always say. I want trans in the city to be the least successful financially um, uh, organisation uh, around because what I want to do is truly be a not-for-profit. And I know M's, you, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're completely aligned on this. As, as much as we can, we want to give back to the trans and non-binary community. And we've given back or or raised directly or indirectly over £450,000 now in the last six years which is an amazing achievement to be honest yeah it's not good enough but it's 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 getting there um you know one so we didn't want to spend the money on such a high profile gala when we know that there's so many people in need and you know we, Mm -hmm. we we're so fortunate that we've got some amazing corporate partners like Clifford Chance and JP Morgan Chase and Barclays Bank and Deutsche Bank and um, BP and Google that really just open their doors and and allow us to use their facilities to run the gala. So we're actually going back to um, Clifford Chance for the gala um, on the Monday night. I've got a real soft spot for the venue at, at Clifford Chance. It's a lovely venue that, you know, the it foyer is. and the little theatre. Really nice. I ran the first ever Trans in the City event six years ago. Um and um so so I I do I do I do like going back there. It's it's a lovely, lovely, lovely place. Um, I know uh, yeah. I then, know Emily you did the you did the um last year on the stage you did the kind of the commentary for the whole thing. Um that was really good. I really enjoyed that. You had some amazing jokes as well. Yeah, like the, the ninjas descending from the ceiling. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I am doing it again this year. I'm not sure oh, how yeah. I'm going to okay, fo- follow up because because <laughs> last year, to be honest, and, and just sort of showing you behind the curtain, it was all a little bit impromptu. It wasn't entirely planned. Uh, it all looked quite late. Planned. It looked perfect and, to me. Well, 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 here's the problem. You see, now it is planned. You see, I'm not sure I'm going to be quite as good. So I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm relying on somebody like Bobby to completely change the plan like five minutes before and and Absolutely. yeah let let that happen. But I think I think what's really important as well, we sound like we're 
we're rowing back from from something which was enormous last year and and I, actually i don't think that's the case i think no. what we're doing is we 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 splitting up and and you know we'll we'll talk probably in a second about some of the other things but we're splitting up some of the agenda of what we're doing and spreading it over a few days we're still going to reach the same number of people you know we're still going to end up with the same the same level of impact as we had last year and and look there's a reality here you know the the cost of venues anyone who knows about venues you know it's it's just astronomical when we looked at the quote we had for this year and let's be honest about it it was it was an obscene amount of money that otherwise would go to some of the projects that we've supported over the last year and one of the things i'm most proud of is where does our money go you know our our mission as bobby says we want to be the most unsuccessful i.e pay the tax man as little as possible that's that's yeah. the crucial thing right that's yeah. You know, the tax man gets enough from us all in other ways. So I think about some of those projects that we've supported, and you know, there are a couple quite close to my heart, you know, things like Transfest in Cornwall that gave respite for a week for a number of trans uh, people and their families to be able just to get away from the day-to-day grind of life that we have. They're the sorts of projects we get to support. You know, they're the sorts of projects that otherwise don't get that funding that that just can't carry on. So do I want to give our money to a venue hire that, that you know, are, are ramping on the cost or do I want to give it to them? It's, that's not even a choice for us. So I do want to be really clear. The quality isn't going down. It's going up, if anything. You know, the number of people we'll reach is going up every year. And, and you know, certainly, you know, in absolute numbers is constant. Um. So, you know, I, I see us as as evolving and and in fact just getting bigger and better than, than ever before. I and mean, it's a it's a lovely venue, it's a big old venue, but yeah. you know, and and it did lend itself to ninjas coming from the roof, which, you know, <laughs> just happened to happened to to come off the cuff. Yeah. So Every, last last year it was all everything was in the same venue for the whole day. Um it is, and it was yeah. a one day event. This year it's been you know, we split it up into three three days. So the 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 actually first day is at Clifford Chance. Um, yeah, it's actually four days. But, but, but four days, okay. I, th- I think one of the things that we we wanted to do as well was was you know when you try and squeeze in a years of a, a years worth of activity, a years worth of, of success from the trans community into a two and a half hour slot on the evening and have awards and everything as well, then of course it's going to be compressed you know mm-hmm. people can only have a certain amount of time and 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 you know Ems is absolutely right actually I think what we've we've done this year actually over the the three main days um that we've got of of public access awards and then the other day that we've got for for students what we're doing actually is giving more time to showcase trans people and giving those trans people more of a time to say what they're what they're doing what their success is what the impact is that they're having on you know not just corporates and business but society as a whole yeah um, some of the award um shortlisted people this year are absolutely phenomenal and you know they were shortlisted from a phenomenal set of nominees the people that that shortlisted the awards had a hard time to get down to the the last five or six for the for the shortlist, and then, yeah. you know, I can only bless the judges 
for the for the job that they did because I, I I really would not have liked either of those jobs to to either work down the shortlist or or come come up with the with the winners and and they are phenomenal people and what we didn't want to do is was have the usual situation that you get at awards and I you know I do actually think Trans in the City awards are different to any other award about um because they are specifically there to have you know no corporate leverage on them they're there specifically on their own merits we've we you know everyone that's been shortlisted is a person that has done something phenomenal for the trans community phenomenal for charities has made a real real impact that absolutely stands on its own two feet so what i didn't want to do is somebody wins an award and then they get two minutes to say thank you this is what i've done spreading it over other days gives us a chance to get those shortlisted people back together and those winners together and actually have some meaningful talks with them some of these people I've I've never met, never came across before, mm-hmm. never knew existed until I saw the 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 nominees. So giving them the platform to talk about what they're doing um is brilliant. And I think that's yeah. one of the, the great, great things about the about having different days, you know, the gala and the celebration mm-hmm. and all the rest of the So day day two is the actually for um because Emily's actually doing um, the um, award part of the ceremony through the medium of dance this year, so it will be really, really great cool. to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm really anxious to see that. Yeah, yeah. So um, day two is is the celebration evening that you just spoke about. Yes. And then during the day, there's also the um, closing of the stock exchange. There is always yeah. a favourite event. It is, and it, it, that's actually the third year that we'll be closing the stock exchange as an organization i closed it for the first year um emily closed it last year um there we go yeah, there's, push, there's the award mine out actually we could um we could <laughs> we just that. close the close the stock exchange open it we can use we've got the power with these with yeah. it, we do but sometimes we just sneak in and just do it anyway you know but um yeah but yeah, this when... year actually it's it's um but it's such a unique event to do, isn't it? It's... Well, it is. But but the great thing this year, actually, is, you know, we've kicked off our student ambassador programme. Yeah. So we want to bring together every trans and non-binary person in further education. Um, so every university student, every college student, every apprentice, everybody on a graduate scheme, anybody in further education, whatever their age, we want to bring them together. Um, we want to give them their shortcuts that they need to become trans champions of the futures. You know, we want to give them the mentoring, we want to give them all the contacts, the resourcing, everything they need. And that is hugely important. It is hugely important. Because, because I know from my own experience at work that, you know, with an ERG, you know, sometimes you don't get those things. It's very hard to find like the resources and the connections, yeah, you know, especially external to work, if you want to do external events, mm-hmm. having all the connections that Trans in the City gives you, 
you know, and the resources behind it and the training. I mean, it's it's and amazing. The, really, that, that's the whole point of doing it. You know, yeah. I don't I don't want someone to be, you know, a young trans person, eighteen year old. I want them to be able to land in an organisation, knowing how to present trans and non-binary awareness, how to do things positively, how to talk within their business properly, how to do public speaking, where they can get contacts, where they can get resources, everything. Um, Because that's how we'll make a a significant change. You know, these people that we've got as um, our student ambassadors will be the leaders of the future. So if we can empower them mentor them to really take that step up and accelerate their growth then you know i think that's that's definitely one of the keys to the future that will make a a significant change our lead ambassadors um so we've got four of them um they're going to be closing the london stock exchange right so um that's going to be great i'm really excited for that actually and i think it's, it's a real um it's one of those really lovely, it feels like one of those really lovely things where we can make these young trans and non-binary people realise just how important they are. I mean, imagine for a minute, you know, if you at that age had given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't, I mean, it just wouldn't have happened, would it? It's, no. It's no. just, it's amazing. But then, anyway. you know, that's what me and Emily and the rest of the people in trans in the city are here for, you know. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not here for, we're not here for us. You know. Good yeah. job, really. I mean, there, there, I mean, there is no advocacy like self-advocacy. And if we can give people the skills for that, um, you know, that, that enable them to be stronger and, and, you know, to my earlier point, more resilient at work when they start their careers. That's not just a benefit for them or for other trans non-binary people, but actually you create better workplaces for everybody because, mm-hmm. you know, what we often say, but trans and non-binary at the moment really are at the tip of the spear when it comes to to hate discrimination and, and all the other things that are going on. But I look at the people who are involved in advancing trans and non-binary careers. They're also advocates for better racial equality at work. They're better advocates for women at work they are advocates for young people at work you know all of the things that traditionally rgs have have looked out for and with the exception of some of the sort of some of the more far-reaching organizations who do have young people's ergs involved very few think about it in those terms and 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 they're waiting for people to have a miserable start to their career in the closet or you know misery that they're Mm -hmm not able to be who they are at work and if we can change that actually you change business for the better because look at the end of the day we're doing this yeah we are doing it for ourselves right because i want to just be able to go to work as emily yeah you know what i'd rather never ever have to talk about this ever again yeah we could all just retire and that would be well i'm not sure about retiring but you know know, i could just just get on with my my day job we'd all love that to be the case now it's not going to be the case for the foreseeable future but for those young people coming in, if if we can make it so they're not having to slog like we've had to slog for all these years, that's a winner for me. You know, if I can look back in, in my dotage, you know, when I'm a trans elder like Bobby is already, and I can look back and I can say, you know, what was the impact of this? If that is that those people no longer have to fight the way we're fighting, they no longer have to 
do the basic education, then that's a winner. But at the moment, they do. At the moment, we need them to understand how to advocate for themselves, how to advocate for the community, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, And also, you know, there's something broader than this. We're not just talking to them about how to be a trans advocate. We're giving them the experience of me, 25 years in projects, programs, portfolio management. You know, we've got people who you have got backgrounds in engineering, you know, 20 odd years in engineering. We've got people with public sector backgrounds. You know, so they're seeing people. We, we use the word role model. You know, I, I take that as a very serious thing and, and I'm very worried when people apply it to me. But one of the things you'll hear people of my age and even older, like Bobby, um, you'll hear them say is, is we didn't have any role models because we didn't. When we were younger, who did we look up to? Who did we see that were trans on the in the public eye? And for me, the reality was there wasn't anybody. It was it was the salacious front page of the tabloids. It was mm-hmm. it was always about sex. It was always a scandal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, where where are the vice president of the FTSE one hundred trans women? You know, well, hi, here I am. You know, this is me just being me and and actually doing a damn good day job, and then a gay job all through the night. You know. But that's important for people to see that. That gives them hope. It gives them something to to aspire to, I think. You know, that there is no glass ceiling. You know, we're going to break through that. Um, and the more we can do that, actually, the better employment workplaces are going to be. And it's yeah. not just about trans. It's about being better businesses. Yeah, actually, I mean, across the board, really. You know, a young you know, person going through, you know, something like the Student Ambassadors Conference, you know, not only is it, you know, about trans and non-binary, but it's also a doorway into all other aspects of DEI, you know, and, you know, it's going to open up people's minds into what else can they do in their, in their workplace, not just not just their LGBT ERGs, well, but well, all the other ERGs well, yeah. that are in those organisations. I mean, one of the sessions we're running is about why DEI and, and what is the reason for this. And, you know, let, let's, you know, we get accused of it relatively regularly that we're we're just capitalists and we're just all about the money and the business and you know here's a reality you know businesses exist people have to earn money people have to make a living uh and here's the reality if you want your business to be successful it has to reflect the society it works in it has to reflect that happy people do better jobs and they stay longer and they are more loyal and all of those good things that's why DEI is important, because you've got people coming in who aren't going to carry all the baggage of previous generations. They're not going to put up with coming into an organisation that is transphobic, sexist, you know, homophobic, ableist. They're not going to accept any of that. Yeah. So we're actually helping businesses to be better. And you know what that means? Better profits, lower turnover, all of the good things that actually any business, even the hardest headed business person knows those are the keys to being successful. And that's that's what we're here to do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. You know, I'm comfortable with that mission that says, actually, we want to make businesses more successful. And in doing that, we want to make them better places for trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming people. Absolutely. Brilliant. And let's quickly talk about the the speaker stage. I mean, the, the event this year that was done down Chippenham, that was amazing, wasn't it? You, do you want to just tell us a bit about that, Bobby? Yeah, it's an idea that I've had for a long time, actually. And it's, um, you know, I I go to a lot of Pride. I go, you know, I'm, I'm either there. I mean, Emily does as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm either there marching. I either get invited to speak. I get invited to do 
peripheral stuff around it or I'm you know occasionally I get the chance to actually just go along and, and properly enjoy a pride and and um and have a laugh but one thing that's 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 I guess annoyed me it might be a bit too strong a word actually but um um for probably the last five or six years is is lots of prides these days seem to be heading down the route of almost just being a rainbow fate you know a rainbow yeah. day out we'll get a few uh drag queens on the stage miming um and that's it all we need to do is just you know there we go there's our pride done um and you know that's just not good enough it's, yeah it's i mean it's not the full it's not the full picture is it it's i mean that's fine no, in its own I mean, right but there's something missing picture. it's not any picture of a pride you know i mean you know obviously drag queens have their place at pride personally i have loads and loads of time for i guess older school drag queens that can really sing and have an acid tongue and a quick mind i think they're absolutely brilliant i, I think i'm too old to appreciate drag queens that just just look good in mind but the um um but you know it's the thing that's missing and it, you know i know there's the the old cliche pride is a protest and and yes it is a protest but it's also there to inform people and that's the bit that i think has been missing so um for quite a few years now what i wanted to do was to to bring that platform to prides bring all of the role models all of the activists all of the people with knowledge you know not influencers not you know people that are just talking about doing stuff being social media queens actual activists that are doing the shoveling and bring them to audiences around the country so people can really understand what the issues are what works being done and what needs to be done um so yeah i thought i'd give it a pilot this year we tried chippenham pride um small town in the middle of wiltshire um and you know i know a few people called in a few favors um, did. and we ended up with i think the best speaker lineup any yeah. event in the country i'm going to drop some names here so oh. lisa power yes lord michael cashman yeah peter tatchell linda riley yeah ian h watkins from steps yeah yeah um and i even saw dawn butler in the back of the audience <laughs> watching the whole I thing was there yeah there was there was um emily can't remember her name is now trans woman works for trans in the city yeah yeah she i know you as well yeah, and a, um yeah. Yeah, it was great, and it was really good, and it was a raging success. You it know, was amazing. It really was. You know, Pride, you're expecting 500 people to turn up um, on the day, and 4,500 people turned up. I think the, the the really interesting thing for me was, you know, it's a little Pride. It's not a huge Pride. It's in a small town. Yeah. But, yeah, you can go to a Pride like that, and if trans in the city are there doing a speaker stage, you've got the opportunity to meet pe people like Lord Cashman. International. Yeah. Lisa Power. Famous. When you think of these names, these are really big names. They're huge. And we'll be doing it. So we're already confirmed. I don't think we'll be going back to Chippenham this year, unfortunately. But we've got um we'll be doing Cowbridge Pride, definitely. Um 
And I think that's going to be a phenomenal speaker lineup. We've got H again from Steps. Yeah. Um, almost certainly we've got Gareth, Gareth Thomas. Oh, um, yeah. We have people from the Senate coming along. Um, I mean, this is, you know, I'm dropping these names as though it's a done deal, but I need to. Well, it will be now. We've said it. Bend a few arms around their back. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, Owen Wynn, Evan, uh, uh, who's Radio 2 DJ. I listen to him every morning. I can't remember his name now. Um, anyway, him. him. <laughs> um, uh, so we've got some fantastic speakers coming along. So we, we're going to be doing Cowbridge Pride. Um, we are absolutely going to be at Trans Pride Brighton this year, which is going to be a phenomenal um, event. And I'm really proud, actually, that, that Trans in the City um, sponsors Trans Pride Brighton because they make such a difference to not just you know the the day of trans pride yeah but that's a that's a proper pride with a proper protest isn't it it's really it, it is but, it, but you know they do so much other stuff in the background for the trans yeah, community yeah. And, uh, across sussex so 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 proud to sponsor them um we're looking at sponsoring um uh taking the trans and city stage to swansea um we're looking at teesside um probably one other um maybe we'll do five next year which probably means 10 but um uh, Gloucester Pride as well we're going to be doing. So we're going to be doing at least six. But the, um, so we're going to be doing 10. Yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, you know, but we will. We'll bring the best speakers, the most amazing speakers that you'll be able to see at Pride. We'll bring them to local communities. We pay the local Pride money because they're all struggling for funds. So, you know... We pay it's going to be stuff. like a rodeo going from pride to pride, isn't it? Like trying well, the city yeah, speaker stage rodeo. Yeah. You know, we 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 donate to the pride, we pay for the speakers, we turn up with everything that's needed. Yeah. And then we run the event. And yeah, then it's, it's a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. I love it works it. really well. And it's um and it's it's I think I mean I loved it this year actually. I loved, it I great, loved yeah. the pilot. It was I was I was really pleased that it went so well. I mean we had people flying from Canada, yeah, just just to visit Chippenham and see the see the stage. So it was um, yeah. phenomenal impact. I think that's that's one of the things that's going to going to really grow over the next few years. Yeah, and then I think the last thing we need to talk about is obviously we're now doing a podcast and it's called Tea Break. Yes. I like the name. The little logo is really nice. It's like a cup of tea with break underneath in the trans colours. Really nice. Um, so with the podcast, the kind of things we're going to be doing are, you know, interviews with directors, interviews with um, allies, um, probably some mini series on certain topics, you know, like sports inclusion, GRA reform, uh, covering a lot of these events, hopefully going to some of the prides and doing covering some of the um, speaker stages. Yeah. You know, and and anything else that needs a podcast, really. So there's there's lots of things to do. You can pretty much do anything with a podcast. I so I'm excited about that, and I think you know this moving into this kind of new area of media. You know, you can re really reach a lot of people with a podcast, and also if you keep the videos and put those on YouTube and, or whatever other social media you want to put them on, you know, it does give you an extra reach that's really really useful. I think. It, I think you're right. I think it's great having you on board. It's um. I think yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really great, and it's um, um, I think we'll have to get you on on the speaker stage, won't we? Talk about talk yeah, about cleaning it. 
Yeah, no, I I'm, you know, I'm happy happy to do anything that's going really. No, you know, I, mean. I think it's really important. You know, one of the things, one of my weak areas actually, um, is highlighting what I'm doing, what trends in the city, and what the rest of the directors are doing. And I know that that you know, going full circle, that comes back to low self esteem again because everything I do, I don't think is good enough. Um, so I don't promote it, but it's it's a serious weakness that I have actually because you know what trans in the city does is good and it is worth promoting and it is worth telling people about. So the more that we can get people like you and people like the amazing media team that we've got on board now to yeah. to feel that reticence and weak spot that I've got about talking about anything that I do, the better. Because, you know, I think if we're going to move trans in the city forward as an organisation and truly become a global organisation, you know, we work all over the world at the moment. But if we're really going to make an impact all over the world, then you know, we we need to be better at telling people what we do. And I think, you know, the what you're doing with the podcast is is, you know, it's that great medium, isn't it, of a, a podcast where you can really delve yeah, I mean, you, you into can use a it for all kinds of things. Yeah. 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 You can have long, long, deep conversations about, you know, serious topics, or you can have just like a fun chat with somebody and, you know, just talk about some some issue that needs to be talking spoken about. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think we've we've kind of reached the end of our official time slot there. So I'm just going to say, Emily, do you have any final final words? No, I think I've got to go and practice my dancing. I think ready for yeah, uh, sounds like it. Sense awareness week. No, you know, I'm just really excited that we're. It's like every every piece is a part of the jigsaw, and we're just you know a little bit falls into place each time, mm -hmm. and it makes it all worthwhile. You know, it's it, you know one thing I will say is this isn't easy. I think some people look at us and think. You know, I've, oh, you know, there's Bobby, there's Emily. You know, this isn't easy stuff. Um, but we, you know, to paraphrase JFK. We, you know, we don't do it because it's easy. We do it because it's hard. We do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, and the more shoulders to the wheel that we have with that, and and people of like mind, people who are doing this for the job, not for themselves. The more we have people like that, the the better it feels. You know, the, the the more fun we have, because you, you get people like that together and it's great. It's fun. You know, it's not it's you know, what we don't want is an ego fest. And and yeah, you do see organizations exactly. go down that road. Um and you know, I wish people well, but you know, influencers need not apply, you know, it's it's this is this is all about sleeves up, get on with it, make it happen. And yeah, brilliant. Excellent. And Bobby, final words? Final words actually is is you know I know people see me as as trans in the city but it's just it's just not the case I am just utterly privileged to have people like Emily the other executive directors and the other directors working alongside me in in trans in the city it's it's the most I think it's the most amazing thing I've ever been part of in my life and that's entirely down to 
to people like Emily that have made it that way. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, well, you'll thank thank you both so much for doing this first episode. Um, it's been really good. Um, so, I think we'll we'll sign off there and we'll see every, we'll see everybody down at Trans in the City yes. um, at the big event coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, so, I think I'll sign us off there. Thank you very much. And to anybody listening or watching, please come back, subscribe, come and listen to our you know future episodes. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you soon. So bye for now.